When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not done. It stands up, but it's not. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. No wonder your show is number one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to ENN. On Tiwi. Ray Rowe. I'd like to start off by saying good evening to Michael. So you've been playing with your Doppler all day, right? And good evening to Don. Well, I'll die on Buster, so. And good evening to Michael. I'm a big oaf. And to Michael and Don. You're better than me. I am. Good evening to myself. The Watchamahoochee. And also to myself. I appreciate you believing I deserve an opinion. All right, guys. It's been a saucy show. A lot of sauce. A lot show. of sauce. Um, first of all, we haven't asked this all day long, so it, it bears asking at this po- at this moment. Uh, Michael, will Aaron Judge get 62 tonight? I think he will. Donald? Um, Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and say he's not going to get it tonight on, on the strength of trying to jinx it that he will get it. Because that worked the other day. How can you get us for tickets tonight? Probably got plans. Um, I well, I do have plans. But but you're a big event guy. This could be a big event. Oh, it really could. But I'm also no. That's not even the reason. I wouldn't have asked anyway because I'm I'm not a, such a slob that I go back to the well the next week. Why not? You're you're one of my good friends. You can do whatever you like. Uh-huh. Well, that's very nice of you. I'm I mean, I mean, I mean, I would make it a bit on the show, of course, and make you look like a schnurrer, But you can ask me anything. That's very that's very nice of you. I appreciate that. Um, I will be I'll be partaking in the game, but not from Yankee Stadium. Natalie, watching? Oh, we'll be watching together. Sure. Will you be partaking while partaking? Partaking in what? Where when you usually use that word, I partake. Are you going to partake while you're partaking? Partaking means so many different things. You know what I mean. You are talking about bubonj? That's right. <laughs> See, I was thinking of something else. Yeah, I know. So well, that's that's what's confusing market. about it. They're not married yeah. yet. You yeah, mean exactly. they're, they're just completely chaste. Was that yep. a blunt? Correct. <clears throat> um, let's talk about the Tua Tungavaloa moment from late in the first half last night where he was basically received a, a belly-to-back suplex, lands it on his head. Um, immediately his fingers got completely disfigured. It was really scary. Like, guys, I'm sure you've all seen plays, knockouts, where the person who's concussed or appears to be concussed, their arms stick straight out. They lose control of their appendages. Had you ever seen anything like to his fingers, though, no. last night? I've never seen what you just described either. That, oh, I really? was stunned. I, I, went, I turned away before the hit, and then I saw him on the floor, and I thought that, he had, you know, dislocated his fingers. So I didn't even know what it was until I, you know, listened. But, yeah, I'd never seen that, Peter. 
Don? I've never seen the fingers, but I've seen, like, you know, the arm up in the air. Yeah. Kind of, but, you know, where you feel like he's unconscious. or But I've never seen what what you said with the fingers. But then I saw people were tweeting that 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 is a thing when clearly it's a, a, a brain disorder of some sort. But I've never seen that before, no. Also, I think this should be brought up to Andrew because he's going to love Tua even more than he does. So when he was on the flight sitting with his coach and he took out his phone, you know what movie he watched? Oh, yeah. Little McGruber. McGruber. One of Andrew's favorite movies. Is that true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the all-time underrated comedies. Big McGruber guy, huh? Love it. Thought the wow. series was good as well on Peacock. Well, I did not know. Did not know that you felt that way. Actually, no, I did. I've heard that from you before. Now, let's go quickly to Chris Nowinski. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Chris Nowinski, he's now a doctor. He used to be a pro wrestler. He went to Harvard, then spent some time in WWE. His career ended after a head injury. And he spoke on Barton Hahn earlier um, about just how surprised he was that Tua even played last night. I couldn't believe that they didn't actually like believe he had a concussion, so they didn't just hold him out the rest of the game on Sunday and then hold you know. And once they put him back in, so that was completely inappropriate. Uh, but then I thought they would at least smarten up in lines that the back injury is lingering, so we're not going to play him four days later after an obvious brain injury. But they did, and then I thought maybe the NFL should step in because so obvious to everyone what a train wreck is on its way um that they would tell the dolphins like what are you talking about like he clearly showed five unique signs of a concussion after he fell and hit his head including falling down which should mean he should always has a concussion and that didn't happen and so you know i I tweeted before the game like when i saw the nfl promoting Tua versus joe like this is absurd he shouldn't be playing and, you know, the fact that he's playing could ruin his life or kill him. And uh, we remains to be seen. He survived, thank God, but it remains to be seen, you know, if he plays again or he can play again at the same level because I'm somebody who's had uh, retired from too many concussions too close together when I was at WWE, and I've never been the same. I, I don't get it, though. He didn't examine the guy. There's an independent neurologist that examined the guy and said he didn't have a concussion. How's everybody playing doctor from all these miles away? Well, the guy who examined him on the field last Sunday sent him back in the game. Why are these people saying that he was concussed when a neurologist who has no connection with the Dolphins said that he wasn't? Now, there was another doctor that, that, that backed even that up because apparently going back to the game against Buffalo, looking at the footage after he fell on his back, that there were indicators that he might have suffered a concussion. And that's what they do. Like in the NHL, there's a spotter, an NFL too, that when they see how a player reacts after getting hit, all right, he's got to go into the room. He's got to get checked out. Doesn't mean he has a concussion, but he's showing signs that he has a concussion. So, all right, maybe he showed all the signs, and they examined him, an independent guy, independent of the NFL, independent of, of the Miami Dolphins, that said he didn't. So I've got to go with the guy that examined him, now, if you want to say that something's going on, that the Dolphins were paying this guy under the table or something, that's a different story. But, yeah, there were indicators, but the indicators don't guarantee it's a concussion, and he got examined, and he was cleared to play in the second half. I mean, I, listen, Mike- I'd love to beat him up too, but Michael's right. They, they went, he went through the protocol. Now, Let's, if you want to do a deep-dive investigation and say, oh, there was some kind of connection between the Dolphins and the neurologist, but the neurologist is okayed by the Players Association. So, I mean, what are we doing here? 
It's such an easy second guess because he did look like he was he was on Weird Street on Sunday. But the guy examined him and sent him back in the game where he proceeded to play well. The problem is what it comes down to is a complete lack of trust that most people have for the NFL. But again, with, the guy with, is approved by the Players Association. I understand that, but it's... The, the Players Association is acknowledging that something obviously could be taking place here. That's why we have to get somebody independent. Now, that doesn't mean that the independent doctor didn't screw it up. Now, if it was in the old days where it was a team physician who's under the employ... No question. I would say that was terrible what they did. But this is an independent neurologist and and this guy who used to wrestle in the wwe is saying that he got it wrong when he didn't even well, examine him let's let's hear from mike mcdaniel head coach of the dolphins on tua and his current status that was an emotional moment that is not part of the deal that anyone signs up for even though you you know it's a possibility in, in football to have something that you have to get taken off and on a stretcher as all of his teammates, myself, we were all um, very concerned. So the best news that we could get is that everything is checked out, that he didn't have any anything more serious than a concussion. We'll be flying back with us here on the plane. And now he has 10 days because of the Thursday game. And I'd like to hear from a doctor. Why was it such an awful thing that the Mets had Ryan Church fly from New York to Colorado with a concussion? And it was okay for Tua to fly from Cincinnati to Miami. Is something different? Have protocols changed? Because I don't want to rip I, – I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But, Michael, how badly were the Mets ripped and their medical staff – Oh, my goodness. – for letting them do that? Like they, like they almost killed them. So were they wrong? Are, are the Dolphins wrong? Like I, I like, did something change? Because that was like twelve years ago. So maybe something's changed. Let's let's hear Mike McDaniel again. He was asked uh, what went into the decision to play Tua last night. Starts with your medical staff, but then there's independent specialists that look into it too. There's a there's an entire protocol, and then you're you're talking to the player as well. So probably I don't know um, five or six different layers of uh, of a process and decision making like you do with all players um and and lastly mcdaniel saying he would never put a player in harm's way i don't think that his an injury from last week made him fall the same way this week i do not have any absolutely zero patience for or will ever put a put a a player in a position for them to be in harm's way that is like not what I'm about at all, and no outcome of a game would ever influence me being irresponsible as the head coach of the football team. You'd have to be a real ghoul to know that he was really hurt on Sunday and play him on Thursday. I, I believe him. Now I believe him. There's another layer to this, and that I don't know, but I'm just kind of guessing here. The, is there any protocols that involve getting information from the player? Like, I'm sure that the uh, neurologist talks to the player. Right, but they talk to the player or whatever, but is there any kind of conversation as far as, like, are, 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 you, are you throwing up? Or do you have a headache? Do you have any trouble seeing? Like, that are all part of the checks and balances of determining whether the, what the severity of the concussion is. And do I you think verbal in- communication is part of the evaluation, but you have to look at their eyes, too. 
Right, but what balanced. I'm saying, Michael, is is that if if like let's say there's six or seven things that you check off, and three or four of the things are relying on information from the patient who could be lying to you, because they want to play, so he could have a blinding headache, but say no, I'm good, I'm, I'm good to go. I uh, yeah, he could be you know he could be seeing you know eight fingers instead of two, but he's gonna you know he guesses right. I'm just wanting because these players want to play, and you heard him say that the player is part of that evaluation, is a part of that process. How much should they be involved in it? Because you know these players. I mean, we, we bring it up all the time that, you know, Ray Lucas would do it all over again. All the things that went on with his life, all his injuries. That, that's how badly he wanted to play. It's. I agree. You really can't look to the players very much. Here's uh, Demora Smith of the NFLPA talking about the Tua situation setting this league back. I felt like the last week has set us back in the overall culture that both the NFL and the NFLPA wanted to build to change that focus from myopically what does the player want to what does the patient need. Now, uh, later, Tamora Smith went on to say that the NFLPA will pursue every legal uh, scenario when it comes to the Tua situation. Should. Because when you have this many people saying that it was mishandled, why wouldn't you look into it? And I don't also look at McDaniel saying, well, one didn't have to do with the other. It's not, it's not so much how he felt. Like we're not, we're not saying because he suffered a concussion last Sunday that the way he, that the play would have gone differently had he not been concussed, but did, did the severity of this concussion – because of what happened last week, right? I have to like say, the way he fell, didn't, that, that, that doesn't matter to me. That's circumstance. I, is, it, is it wrong for me to say, Don, that for a guy who seems very smart in Mike McDaniel, that, that actually was a very stupid moment of his statement? Yeah. What, I, what, what part again? The, the idea he's saying he doesn't think that the injury Tua suffered last week led to him falling the way he did this week. It's like, yeah, duh, we, we know that. But the question is, if he had had a, a, a head trauma last week and gets thrown on his head against the, again this week, does that make that head trauma worse, more severe? I don't know if it makes it more severe because from what I've read, but they said it's not a concussion. If you get a concussion, you're more liable to get a concussion easier. But they said it wasn't a concussion on Sunday. Right. Because that's he wouldn't have thing. played if it was. That's the biggest That's the biggest piece. If, in fact, it was not a concussion. Uh, Brian Dable was asked about the Tua situation. Let's hear from Coach Dable. You have a relationship with Tua, too. Uh, you know, how hard was it to watch last night? What your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I do. And he means a lot to me. Special kid, great family, and uh, it was tough. Hmm. Was there any follow-up there? Didn't didn't there seem to be a tone like he's not buying it either? Well, did you see what uh, what uh, Harbaugh said? He hmm. said it was like horrifying to watch. No, it was. Let's, let's uh, we have we have the audio of Harbaugh. Let's hear Harbaugh as well. I couldn't believe what I saw last night. I couldn't believe what I saw last Sunday. You know, it was just something that was astonishing to see. I've been coaching for forty years, college and the NFL, almost forty. Never seen anything like it before, and it just was really something that you know I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, I really appreciate our doctors. I appreciate our owner. So he's saying his doctors are better than their doctors. Again, there's an independent neurologist. 
Now, of course, uh, in Dable's voice, the sadness you heard was the relationship he forged with Tua during his year at Alabama, where he coached Tua. There is something to the fact that everybody looking at what happened against Buffalo felt like that was a concussion. Like it almost seems like to a man that everybody believed that that was that, that nobody bought that it was a, it was just a back injury. I mean, it, 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 I don't know. I mean, you're 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 having doctors verified accounts, you know, doctors saying that it it looked odd to them. Coaches who have seen concussions, how many times? It, it's it's odd that the, the Dolphins are getting ganged up on here. But I think there's more than enough evidence that there has to be some sort of investigation. How do we know that maybe maybe whoever was the on-site doctor in Buffalo is a quack? You know, we, I want to see his records. And are that they, falls they on the Players Association then. You know, you, you're worried so much about it being an independent guy. Doctors make mistakes, Michael, all the time. It's the practice of medicine. So is it possible that it's not the Dolphins, it's just maybe this doctor that examined him in Buffalo – didn't do it right. Of People course. have been, been not, mis- misdiagnosed before. That's what they need to get down to the bottom of. Right. Is, uh, is what's so you can't blame here. the Dolphins then. Right. And you and, and the Players Association would have to have some blame too because they didn't vet this guy enough. Guys, we have to say goodbye to the Yes Network. Get ready for Yankee oh. pregame and the big quest for 62. We'll see you Monday. But we continue on 98.7 ESPN. Sure do. Darn right we do. Um, Donald, by the way, I'm thinking – you know, we're off, yes. Sort of feeling like tonight is a 6.30 full NFL announcer lineup. Oh, that's, I like it. I that's, like sort of, that's sort of where I'm just I'm feeling football this week. Now, speaking of football and your New York Jets, Garrett Wilson was on with DiPietro and Rothenberg, and he was asked, is there an adjustment going from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson? Definitely, you know, Zach's, Zach's someone that's very mobile and uh, can get out of outside the pocket and, and, and extend plays. So, you know, being a receiver, I got to stay live throughout, you know, the whole down. And if that's a 13-second play or a five-second play, I got to stay live and make sure I'm, you know, being available for for Zach, you know, throughout the whole down and help uh, help him out a whole lot. As he's a uh, he's really good in scramble drills. So that's probably the main adjustment for me, and you know, the rest of the receivers as well. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Don, don't don't pick your nose or give a middle finger. We are we were given a bonus two minutes on yes. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, Bo- a, that's nice. Bonus time. It's like a game show when you get enough questions right and they give you extra time. Yeah. But that's you, where so, we are right so now. So don't pull a Manning is what you're saying. Because you're in good company. That's exactly what Eli did. Oh, yeah, time. I know. Yeah. Don't don't go don't go Eli or Rosenberg uh, right now. Um. Now, hey, Don. Yes. What's your level of excitement that the New York Mets have uh, brought up top prospect Francisco uh, Alvarez? It's Yay! been a while that you know, there's – that you look at a prospect that's this is one of the best prospects, if not the best prospects in baseball. So he's in the lineup tonight as a big that's a big debut for a twenty year old, but he's a DH and that's the thing is that he can hit, but can he catch at this level? But they could use the bat. I'm really excited to see him. It's tough to judge him in this kind of an atmosphere, but God, if he comes through, Peter I know it's a nice little narrative to move forward to. Well and an exciting another exciting piece for the playoffs. Um the Boston Celtics have agreed to a one-year contract with Blake Griffin, according to Woods. Okay. How many teams is this now for him since Detroit? God, it's been a few now, right? Five total, maybe? Is that right? Mm. Six? You know what, though? And let's say goodbye to the Yes Network. Now, we'll Again. see you guys on Monday. I'm not going to flip you the bird. We love no. you. We apologize. Um. 
But I'll tell you what, Don, watching the um, the Nets a lot last year, I think Blake Griffin still has gas in the tank. I think mean, oh, that's yeah. a good signing by the Celtics. Yeah, that's not bad. He'll yeah, contribute. I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad at this at all. Now, here's what we're going to do, Don. Um, we have a big announcement right here during ENM. That's what? right. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's creeping right up on you, but we Interesting. do. Yeah, we have a very big announcement. Now, over the past two weeks, as you may have known, we partner with the Daily News to give our listeners a chance to be at Lambeau Field for the mm. Jets-Packers game. Round-trip airfare, two-night hotel, uh, VIP tailgate passes, and you get to have a sleep with Ballard. Just kidding. Uh, it's now time Ballard for, our, for us to select one of our ten qualifiers. Wow. Drum roll, please, Don. Mm. The winner is... Nicole Houlihan oh. from Dumont, New Jersey. The grand prize winner, Nicole Houlihan from That's Dumont. Awesome. You are going to Lambeau. Say hi to Ira. You will see the Jets and the Packers. Thanks to all our listeners who entered. Thanks to the Daily News for partnering with us on this. And, Don, with that, we close out part one of ENN. On the flip side, we will get you ready for an action-packed NFL Sunday right here on the K-Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. Uh, quick note before we get into the uh, big NFL announcer weekend, Don. By the way, just a correction earlier. Uh, Griffin, Blake Griffin's only been on the Nets since the Pistons. Clippers, Pistons, Nets, now Celtics. So I want to want to clean that up. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. It's time. Your week four NFL announcer lineup. And we start bright and early on Sunday from foggy London town, yeah? Minnesota, New Orleans. It's going down on the NFL Network at 9.30, and for a game of this magnitude, you know who you need to call. Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez. Louis Shelton is clearing out defenders faster than a teenager clears his search history on his web browser. Holy smokes. Wow. Jamie Ertle and Laura Oakman on the sideline in London town, which takes us to Atlanta. A Michael K. kind of pick, even though he didn't take it. Uh, The Cleveland Browns. At the Atlanta Falcons on CBS 1 p.m., Andrew Catalan, Tiki Barber on the call. We go to Baltimore, where the Buffalo Bills need to get back to their winning ways after a loss at Miami last week. They'll take on the Ravens. 1 p.m., CBS on the call. Don, your friend, Ian Eagle. Love Ian. Joined by. Joined by the great Charles Davis 
And, of course, Evan Washburn. The lobby is bustling. There is an energy here. 1 p.m. Listen, it doesn't matter how repug the teams are. You tend to get the A team when they play. Washington at Dallas. That's on Fox. That's at 1. That's Kevin Burkhart. Joined by Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, and Tom Rinaldi. Don, how are you feeling about the uh, the double sideline situation we're getting with a lot of teams these days? I guess it's nice. It's it's work if you can get it. I, right, it's I, more I opportunities. Uh, let's go to Detroit, a game I considered taking, Don, but really? Detroit is just riddled with injuries. I, I, I thought I liked Detroit to cover the four against the Seahawks, but DeAndre Swift out again for the Lions. You don't love that. It's 1 p.m. It's Fox. It's Brandon Gowden at Matt Millen and Megan O'Levy. CBS, 1 p.m. The L.A. Chargers at the Houston Texans. Yuck. I thought about this game. You did. Who did you like? I, I liked L.A., but not enough to, to do it. But I did think about it. I don't know. Houston's played people oddly tough. Yeah, that's what kind of got me off it. Because you would think. And then with the ribs with, with Herbert, it just. I figure the Chargers are better than five and a half over. I know, but I thought about it too, but Houston, then I almost thought like, well, I should go with Houston. They seem to play everyone close. They're at home. Uh, Beth Moens on play-by-play. Yeah. James Lofton and Amanda Renner on the sideline, which takes us to Indianapolis. The Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts in a classic, interesting, adjacent-esque AFC South clash. Interesting, though, Don, it's a Fox vehicle for the old uh, Titan cult game. Yeah, things have changed. Times have changed. It really is. Every week it's like this now. Adam Amin on the call. He's joined by Stink, Mark Schlereth, and Christina Pink. And as Michael likes to call them, Pink and Stink. (laughs) We continue at 1 p.m. and we go to MetLife Stadium, where the Bears are coming to take on Daniel Jones and your New York Giants looking to bounce back after their first loss against the Cowboys on Monday night. Joe Davis will be on the call. He'll be joined by Daryl Moose Johnston and Pam Oliver. Hey, now. Thank you, Pam. Uh, a couple more 1 p.m. games. Don, here's a game that you surprised me that you took it. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. Andrew, i got to ask you, were you surprised that Don likes Jacksonville on the road to cover against your Eagles? I mean, Jacksonville has been good, um, and it's Doug Peterson's first game back in Philly since he won. Uh, since he was fired there, he'll get a huge ovation. So I don't know. Maybe Jacksonville will be up for it. I would not have taken them. The Eagles look great right now on both sides mm. of the ball. So yes, uh, I suppose I was surprised. By that. thank you, uh, Spiro Didis will be on the call along with Jay Feely and Aditi Kinkabwala. Uh, the last one p.m. game is your New York Jets. The Jets at the Steelers. CBS, Greg Gumbel on the call. Now, Sports Center with Greg Gumbel. Joined by Adam Archuleta and A.J. Ross on the sideline. Your 4 o'clock slate features Arizona at Carolina, 405 on Fox. Don, you know who's on that vehicle? Uh, that is going to be a Chris Myers vehicle. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, my guy? Yeah. Oh, then I usually play ping pong. There. I've been doing that for the last uh, week or so. The Michael Vick, right? There you go. Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, and Shannon Spake. Uh, 425. 
New England, Green Bay. God, this game was once so sexy. Now it features Brian Hoyer taking the Patriots to the Packers. I like the Packers given the 9.5 points. It's a big number. I like them to have a big week. 425 to start. Jim Nance on the call. He'll Hello, be, Fred. He'll be joined by Tony Romo. First down, everyone. I did it. And, of course, Tracy Wolfson. Here's a game very important to me, Don, my three-pointer. Denver at Vegas. 425 on CBS. Kevin Harlan on the call. He'll be joined by Trent Green and Melanie Collins. I thought about this game. Which way did you think? I was thinking Raiders. I just because it basically is a pick 'em, right? Two and a half. Yeah, like so it's under three. So you're picking a winner. And to me, I just felt like are the Raiders going to go zero and four? That's that's well that that's literally what my logic was. Yeah. Uh, I, we'll see. I I don't think they will, but uh, we will find out uh, at four twenty five on Sunday, which takes us to the eight twenty NBC vehicle, a game that on paper, Don, y- you think is super sexy, but when you look at how Kansas City and Tampa have been playing. You're not sure what you're going to get. I almost took Kansas City here. Um, but I'll tell you what, Don. I think they could be a different team without Tyreek Hill. I really think that's possible. Yeah. Uh, it's an 820 start. It's NBC. It's Mike Tirico on the call. He'll be joined by Chris Collinsworth and Melissa Stark, which takes us to I the Monday Nighter. Uh, the Rams at the 49ers in an NFC West clash, 815 on ESPN. Thought about this one, too. You know who's on. Wait, you like this one too? Yeah. Who'd you think about? Come on. I know the whole you know Shanahan curse over, but I, the Rams. That just number just seemed too fishy for me. 49ers what was it? Can't San play. Francisco one and a half. Yeah. Why are they favored? You, you like saw the, the game last last week? Yeah, they they, they weren't special. Trust me, I know it was, <laughs> it was a putrid putrid event. Joe Buck on the call. I want you to love me. Joined by Troy Aikman. Come on, Daddy. And Lisa Salters. <laughs> that, those those drops really work well together. Get a little little uh, little pillow talk there. Come on, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how much they would like that. Uh, ESPN2 will have the Manning brothers on, by the way, on Monday night. Peyton and Eli doing a Manning cast. Never seen it. And that is your NFL announcer lineup for week four. We'll get to your phone calls next, 1-800-919-3776. Let's talk Mets. Let's talk Yankees. Let's talk NFL this weekend. It's Peter and Don on the K-Show on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Michael K-Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.